There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. And if you like insure tech, if you like digital brokers and wholesalers, you're going to love this episode. I don't know if this is their podcast debut in, in the entire podcasting land or just for the insurance industry. They can tell me here in just a second, but I am so grateful to have John and Shay, the co-founders of Limit, which is uh, an emerging digital brokerage and, and wholesaler handling a bunch of stuff that you aren't selling enough of, Freedom Jumper. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the episode. John and Shay, thanks so much for joining us, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us. And I mean, you're exactly right. This is, in fact, our insurance industry podcast debut. So honored to be here. That's right. I love it. I thought I got the jump on all of my colleagues in the podcaster sphere. <laughs> so y'all out there, I finally got one first. I'm usually batting second, third, fourth, fifth. Not on this one, Bradley and Scott. Not on this one, Jason or David or Jim or any of the other folks out there in uh insurance podcasting land. So ha, there we go. And I'm really excited for this conversation because Lemon is doing some cool things and they're doing things in parts of the industry that most agents don't spend nearly enough time thinking about at the point of sale. And when they're doing all the stuff that they do with their clients out there in, in insurance and risk advisor land, I'm not going to try to describe your company. You guys know it like the back of your hand. Somebody give me, and both of you for that matter, give me the limit story. What is limit? Why should we care? Yeah. So limit is a digital wholesale insurance brokerage. In short, focusing on speed and efficiency, innovating on making, getting insurance coverage faster, better, and cheaper for all retail brokers and independent agents you know, more generally out there. We are trying to take a process that is laden with back and forth and paperwork and turn two weeks of emails into you know two minutes on an online platform so we offer a nice online digital interface where an agent can go put in a you know client for cyber or dno or techie you know or misky you know and we will go out and quote with many markets you know in the span of a few minutes bring back a collection of different options and issue a recommendation on what we think is going to be the best fit for the client. 
And we are trying to own that entire kind of transactional process, soup to nuts, and make it really easy and really fast for agents to sell these, uh, you know, commercial specialty products. Shay, what do you want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a very unique team, James. Our team is proper tech masters from the big tech shops of the world who know how to code and develop and build. But we've also got really world-class insurance professionals as well that have been in the industry for 15 and 20 years. And so we're a really nice blend of not just engineering and tech and code and Mm -hmm. digital and not just insurance, which is analog, right? We're a blend of both of those worlds. And that's what makes up a really strong team. I couldn't agree more. And I've said exactly that. Um, We were talking to uh, Wonderite, for instance. They're not doing you know, even remotely the same thing that what you guys are doing. But Peter McDonald's a, a good friend of mine, and he said the same thing. You know, part of their secret to success is great tech people and great insurance people on the same team. And it's pretty obvious when you're on the Limit platform, when you're talking to one of your underwriters at Limit, that that is definitely what actually happens. It's one thing for the co-founders to talk about something on a podcast. It's another thing when the host of that podcast recently joined up as an agent customer and has already put in, I think, three or four submissions. I haven't bound one yet, but the process to this point has been really enjoyable. Uh, shout out to Mary Sharp. If for some reason you find yourself listening to this episode, if you're you know bored on a Saturday morning or something, Mary is amazing. She's the only underwriter I've worked with to this point. And I'm sure you have others that are also you know, fantastic. But if the rest of your team is anything like Mary Sharp, holy cow, you guys are going to be great to work with. Much appreciated. And, and yeah, absolutely. Mary's a star. And I, mean, I think the kind of theme of the conversation here goes toward this this big belief that we have in people in the industry. We think that InsureTech is all about empowering the agent. And then beyond that, you know, from our point of view, building an InsureTech firm, like just like Shay said, is all about joining up the technology, the automation with, you know, the human brokerage expertise and bringing both sides of that equation into one inside the firm. Um, and we've been you know, very fortunate to have built a real world-class specialty brokerage team that can you know, place any deal when it can't be done automatically. Hmm. I got to ask, just out of curiosity, because any time we come across a company that has co-founders, there's a terribly interesting world in the whole co-founder thing. Because in my experience, there's always... With the successful co-founders, there's this complementary differing skill set. One of the other of you is probably the really high-level visionary who's like, hey, what if we could insert great idea here? And the other one of you, if it's like most of the folks I talk to, is really granular, amazing at details, amazing at meticulous execution. I see both of you smiling, so I'm pretty sure that is the case here. Uh, is, is that the same kind of story? Uh, is one of you the visionary and one of you is the integrator, or do I have it all wrong? So um, we've actually got four co-founders. So there are Ooh. two more of us who you know, aren't, aren't on the call today. It's our CTO, Alex, and our CEO, mm. Noav. And okay. I'd say, you know, among all of the four of us, you know, we all share the vision, right? We're all yeah. kind of stirring the pot together. But then when it comes to skill set and how we think about things, it's exactly this, right? It's, 
you know, what the McKinsey people call mutually exclusive, but collectively exhaustive. And I think that's exactly us as a team. Um, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about our backgrounds? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The two people who aren't here, Alex and Yoav, are the real detail machines. John is more of an idea and kind of philosophical approach to the industry. And then me, I'm the, I'm the sales guy, I'm the biz dev guy. So I'm always listening to the market and saying, what if we could do this, what if we could do that? But yeah. it's a really strong team. And James, we've had great success. We've been through some stuff. I mean, we started this business in March of 2020. And mm. there's no better time, of course, to start a startup when the world is going through a major global pandemic. I mean, why not? Uh, I mean, it can't get any harder than March of 2020. So <laughs> right. if you can survive March of 2020, then by George, the rest of it's going to be cake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. You get started so, as a remote business, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went through a lot of a lot of good times, a lot of crazy storms, and uh, and we're going to be three years old in April of 2023, and um, we're just getting better and better. Time. So the, the the core four of us have been really strong through the good and the bad, and it's all good from here. Fingers crossed. So I want to just point out that we came up, we came together from our previous experience. This is not really our first startup. It's um, John and Alex and I were all at Coalition, and we were the first group of of employees at Coalition back in 2016, 2017. And the well, that experience was great. It's a great company. We learned a ton really understood the dynamics between digitalization and kind of bringing modern tech into the 400-year-old, $5 trillion insurance industry. Mm. And what what we learned was that wholesale needed a good improvement. There was a lot of room for improving that world. And so in 2020, in, in, um, in March or April 2020, we decided let's go build a future digital faster, smarter, cheaper wholesale brokerage business that everyone can use, mom or pop or global retailer, doesn't matter. Mm. And we'll empower those agents to really do a lot more with less. And that's what we've done. And so far, we've had really good success with it. That, that is really interesting part of the origin story because Coalition is a, an A-plus carrier in the lines of business that they serve. Absolutely fantastic. I mostly run into them on the cyber side of things, but I know they do other products as well. Uh, if you don't mind me meddling there a little bit, I've always found that kind of, of spinoff to be you know, very interesting. It's not at all the same as when you know, Openly was birthed out of Liberty Mutual because Openly is a carrier and Liberty is a carrier. It's not the same thing, but a lot of the folks that are executives at Openly were executives at Liberty and they just kind of evolved into what is now Openly. Are you guys still uh, on great terms with Coalition? Do you write Coalition products inside of Limit? Uh, what what was the genesis uh, of of all of that? As I guess what I'm asking, maybe it's a little bit of a nosy question, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think the the four of us, in terms of our backgrounds, you know, Shay knew the insurance industry like the back of his hand already. You know, you were AIG and Aon and all those firms prior. For me, you know, I, I came there. I was I was really interested in pricing risk in the financial markets when I was an undergrad. We got into all of these conversations about pricing cyber risk. You know, I told my buddy Alex about this interesting company getting started called Coalition. We thought that that was really interesting, and so we kind of jumped into that as our first experience in the insurance industry. And the learning there was 
really interesting where, you know, as, as an outsider to the industry, naively, I thought, hey, this is all about pricing risk, right? Like, it's just about, you know, kind of where you set the price of the policy and then the actual actuarial loss and then you capture some spread in the middle. And then, as, as you know, as, as an agency, as an insurance professional, as all the listeners know, insurance is actually all about distribution, Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's reflected in the commissions that get paid out. Right. Those are really material, especially when a lot of carriers operate on, you know, reasonably thin actual margins at the end of the day. And so, you know, a couple of years down the line, you know, Shay and, and Alex and I and, and the friend Yoav all got together and we're like, oh, wait a moment, this industry is all about how these products get distributed. And, the intermediaries, right? The agents and wholesalers in that value chain yield a ton of power in this industry. Um, but yet, you know, a lot of this stuff is conducted over email. You've got PDFs going back and forth, getting printed out, signed in ink, and then scanned back in, stuff like that, right? <laughs> and we thought, okay. Shoot me if that happens in my office ever, yeah. by the way. We're not printing, signing, and scanning yeah. anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but, oh, man. But even for brokers who are more technically forward, you know, there's there's still back and forth. There's still time oh, yeah. spent on the process. You know, you get mm-hmm. on the phone, you have to clarify questions, etc. And looking at all of that, we thought, okay, this gives rise to a, you know, kind of straightforward thesis where you have all of these intermediaries that are so important to the industry that are doing such valuable work. But, you know, the speed at which they can work is limited by the tools that are available. What if we take all of these, you know, kind of analog paper driven workflows and we build a digital platform for them where we make it fast and easy to step through all of it and we automate everything that we can possibly automate on the back end? You know, that kind of brought us to digitizing wholesale as the natural kind of market gap for that approach. And that was the genesis of the idea. And then, you know, we went forth with it. So you bring up a great point here. And, you know, when I think of the status quo for wholesaler land, in general, you pretty much just hit the nail on the head from the agent's perspective. You know, if it is an, even if it's an admitted product, you're still dealing with some sort of manual submission, sending to an underwriter. If you're lucky, uh, it's an underwriter at the carrier. There's not an in-between of some kind. You're dealing with a, you know, a broker or someone else who doesn't have the pan, who doesn't have any kind of, you know, understanding of exactly what's going on. They're basically glorified middleman. And it's, that's not a bad thing by itself, but when it's all manual and it's literally, you know, submit and then wait. And then an email comes in and then you, you know, construct a reply after you talk to your insured and then another email goes back and then you wait some more. And then by the time you're done, you know, if, if you're lucky, it's a week from start to finish. And if you're not lucky, well, that's a lot more than a week. Let's be real. That's kind of my perspective of the status quo. How is limit different? I would imagine you guys are trying to disrupt the process that I just described. Is that a fair statement? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we are, entirely focused on empowering the agent and why is why do we empower the agent there's carriers too right we're in the middle we've got carriers on one side and agents on the other the hardest part of the insurance industry overall 
if you look at it for decades and decades and decades, is building trust with business owners. There's no algorithm on earth that is going to change that. There's no robot that's going to go do that through an automated way. It's human connection and human trust. Next. <clears throat> Next insurance. <clears throat> Sorry. I had something in my throat there. No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I've had that same tickle before. <laughs> so, so we believe that, unfortunately, the agent who's the best at that, right, building those relationships and trust and understanding, um, they're inundated with compliance and regulation and repetitive rote business processes. And we want them to spend all their time and energy building trust, building relationships, and building custom insurance programs to protect businesses across the country. I mean, it's a national security thing almost in some ways. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if you, if you put yourself in carrier shoes, carriers need to be able to do their underwriting faster and smarter and cheaper. And so what we're really tapping into, James, is we're trying to find this world where the carriers need more efficiency, the agency more efficiency, the ultimate buyers, the consumers need more efficiency of the, of the insurance products. And what Limit is doing is helping make all of that happen faster, more transparently, and in a, in a much more cost-effective way. So let me play dumb for a second. I think I know what the answer is, but how do you do that? How do you take these processes that have been the same way for the last 30 or 40 years, you know, a cord-based supplemental app based it's all manual it's if you're lucky it's a fillable pdf that you can push through some sort of electronic signature platform we use docusign mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of the gold standard even though they're a pain in the butt to deal with uh, we still use docusign if you're lucky it's fillable pdf plus docusign and you're still you know submitting and waiting how are you guys making that process better i think there's there's a couple of things to it the thing number one is as little waiting as possible, right? We are trying, we optimize for speed in everything that we do because, you know, the, the thing that's really bad about having to send an email is not necessarily sending the email, but then waiting three days for the email to get a response. Maybe it doesn't get a response and you have to check in with somebody or, you know, when you do get a response, it's the one email out of 600 other emails that you're getting that day. And, you know, maybe it gets lost or something like that. So, you know, there's great inherent value in just making it as fast as possible, right? I mean, in our dream scenario, a agent can go from submitting an application to binding online in the space of two or three minutes, right? And when you're operating that quickly, then, you know, there's no need for multi-day back and forth over email and stuff like that. The other part is, of course, we run a digital platform, right? So the source of truth for all of the business that an agent is doing with Limit is the Limit platform. So they can log in, they can see exactly where every single deal stands, they can see exactly how many applications they've got going out, whether they've got, you know, quotes that they need to bind, anything like that. We make it really easy for them to discover that. And the upshot of that is, you know, they're not getting 50 emails a day from us, right? We make it really nice and manageable. And then if we're going a little bit deeper and okay, well, how is it that the platform kind of saves the agent all that much time? Take a step back. One of the things that we believe is that in insurance, there's no one silver tech bullet, right? Value comes out of doing lots of little things across the entire kind of 
transactional value chain and doing all of those really, really well, right? It's not enough to just quote instantaneously. You also need to file surplus lines filings because, you know, that, that's a big pain, right? Yeah, definitely is. And, and you know, we, we do all of that. And so when, when we get an applicant, when we get an agent submitting a client, you know, into us, we do everything that you can imagine to make that process as fast and smooth as possible. Right. We select exactly the right markets that we're going to go to that are going to have appetite. We do that so that the application is as short as possible, where under the hood, we deduplicate all of the questions that the markets need to know. Right. So it's a short, easy to fill app that maximizes the conversion of the end customer. And, you know, when we get quotes back, we stack rank compare all of the coverages, all of the supplements, et cetera, against one another. So we can really easily construct a beautiful white label proposal that the agent can use to educate themselves on what are all of the options that I've seen and which one's best. And then they can use that to educate the client. And then, of course, as I just mentioned, you know, we really try to hit every single convenience here. You know, we do, we handle admitted declinations, we handle surface lines filings and so forth. We really try to be the kind of white glove one-stop shop for the agent. I love everything I'm hearing there. Uh, this is Thank you. this is exactly the way that it should be. Uh, in, in all fairness to the rest of the ecosystem, because I'm sure you guys have talking points of ways that you are and intend to make the process better. You know, I'm mostly thinking of cyber when I say this. I know they do some other lines of business, but it's mostly cyber. It's a kind of a crowded ecosystem now. You know, it wasn't three or four years from now. Probably the most well-entrenched competitor would be ProRiders. You know, Evolve MGA is another small one, Cowbell, At Bay, and some other ones too. It's a little bit of a crowded marketplace. What is it that you guys are seeing as your opportunity to take what has already been done in some other flavors over the last few years, but make it better? Maybe identify something that one of your competitors or it, let's just you know be nicer about it and you know, colleagues and counterparts elsewhere in your vertical, where do you see opportunity to improve on that value chain that maybe others aren't doing right now? Yeah, great, great question. What we've done that is really um, appreciated and, and valued by our retail partners as of now is, and John alluded to this a minute ago, but the, the application. We have made the application. We've, we've gotten away from the accords. Accord is a four-letter word in our world. Yeah, um, definitely. So what we do is we take all the apps and all the carriers and we do duplicate them so that the, the retail agent, you asked how it actually works. The retail agent goes in and says, we're going to insure this microphone manufacturer. And they put in the information. They then select how much limits they want to buy. They then have a white-labeled app based on all the markets that are interested in writing that type of business, a microphone manufacturer, for example. And so the, it's a digital link, right? It's a digital app so that the insured can fill it out or the agent can fill it out or the insured's general counsel can fill it out, whomever. And it's really easy to fill in and complete. And once it's submitted, it's really fast. And nobody's really done that in the sense that they put in an app that is responsive to the question, so it's dynamic. So as you answer questions, other questions either go away or or appear, and it's very intuitive. And so we are able to really, as kind of the first in the industry, be able to get all of these apps together into one beautiful white-labeled app and return bindable quotes 
multiple bindable quotes within just a couple minutes. Of course, assuming that it's a vanilla risk. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Sure. And the the other piece on on the back end of that is that we create a lot of a lot of value for the presentation of that and the analysis of that. And other folks don't quite have the same capability to put all of those quotes. Let's say they got five quotes for this uh, microphone manufacturer, and we go through it and present each of those quotes side by side quantitative and qualitative review, and it's all white labeled again. And so we're saving that amount of time saved for the agents is, is dramatic. I mean, agent told me this morning I was meeting with, told me that he spends two hours doing the quote comparison. Every quote comparison he does, he gets all the quotes together on a spreadsheet, creates the document and presents it to the client two hours later. It's two hours. We could do it in we do it 20 in, seconds. We do it instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. So, with some I'm yes. going to be real. That sounds miserable. Two hours spent <laughs> crunching sublimits and reading through forms lists. Yes. No thanks. I'm yes. good. Again, right? There's That's an, it. Respect to my colleague, whoever you are. That is not valuing your time appropriately, mm-hmm. sir. Your time is is more valuable than that. I'm now. I right. I hope they have uh, seen the light with limit. Yes. And, and James, one, one thing I want to you know, emphasize, you mentioned a, a number of, of different companies just a moment ago, right? Firms like Calpel, AppBay, et cetera, right? These, those are our partners, right? Carriers in our platform. And, you know, maybe one of the things to underscore in how we differentiate in this broader cyber ecosystem is that, you know, a lot of these other firms offer, you know, just the one product, right? Their own. Um, what we do that I think is really special and you know, with, without without very much competition is, you know, we're quoting from many carriers. Right? I mean, we've, we've partnered with 45 plus, I think it's 47 different markets. Yep. And we are, you know, selecting ones among those to go to and then quoting with them, et cetera, et cetera. And that feature of giving you not just the one option, but, you know, five different options from five different carriers with different configurations and coverages, et cetera, that's really powerful, right? I mean, it really allows the agent who's presenting that to show off and, you know, kind of show the due diligence to their client and say, here, I've really gone out to bat for you. I've assembled all of these different options. We can review them in detail together. I think that's, you know, much more powerful than just, you know, here's the one quote, right? Well, and the scope that you guys have chosen to attack is so broad with these specialty lines that you basically just have to take the six core lines of business that just about every account needs. And, you know, everybody listening to this podcast knows exactly what those are. General liability, access or umbrella, property, auto, work comp, and the marine. 
Those are the six that basically every account needs some combination of those six. But the moment you step outside of those six core lines of business, basically everything else that one would need most of the time is going to be on your platform. You rattled off before DNO, ENO. We've got miscellaneous ENO, which is such a nice catch-all. You've got uh, all of the management lines, the EPL, the crime, the fiduciary. You've got the cyber, of course. Am I missing anything? Like these are basically all of the categories that you need outside of the core six. That's exactly right. I mean, our, our foray into management liability is pretty recent, right? We launched those products, I think, you know, two months ago. Um, they've seen really nice adoption so far. I mean, it's a, a clear, you know, item of demand in the market. And I mean, you know, exactly to your point here, a lot of agents can place those six core lines on their own all day long. Um, but then the moment that it comes to those specialty products, you know, maybe there's some unfamiliarity. Maybe they are very familiar with those products, but you know, maybe they don't have the appointments or maybe it's just going to take a long time to actually submit to different underwriters for all of those different products. And we offer a really clean, you know, comprehensive one-stop shop solution. You know, one of the things that the, the common pushbacks of using a wholesaler is unnecessary complexity, which sounds like we've already attacked here. That's not really a factor in this conversation. It's giving away a lot of your commission, a lot of the revenue, because, you know, somebody is gobbling up a large portion of that as, you know, playing as a middleman. Are you guys competitive on commissions? I know it varies by state and varies by line of business and carrier, but generally speaking, are you competitive when you look at your, you know, direct analogs that you're, you know, the alternative to? 100%. Yeah. I mean, we get to be competitive on commission, you know, thanks to our technology again, right? Because we're able to automate a big chunk of the kind of behind the scenes work, you know, that that's time that you don't need people to do, right? And in turn, that gives us some better operating economics and it allows us to give some of that commission back to the retail agent. And that's powerful. There's also a flip side to it, which is, you know, sure, as, as an agent, you're going to give up a little bit of commission by working with a wholesaler. But, you know, when you're looking at small and mid-sized business accounts and you're looking at the like raw commissions of that uh, on those in, in you know pure dollar terms oftentimes if you're able to save yourself three hours of work and you know reduce that down to 20 minutes that's time well spent right those are dollar savings at play that light is aggressive man oh yeah oh man like if John and Shay seem a little distracted, that the light keeps going off in that room, like once every five minutes. Uh, you guys are good sports there for sure. Someone's getting a great electric bill this month. My gosh. <laughs> no, uh, John, I love the explanation there because so there's so many positives, obvious positives for working with a platform like Lemon. Of course, anybody who listens to this podcast is sick and, and tired of hearing me talk about systems and processes and efficiency and what's the fastest easiest way to get the job done uh, obviously opportunity cost is probably the most dangerous thing that any of us are dealing with because if you're stuck fiddle farting around with uh, an application or waiting to hear back from an underwriter well it means you're not prospecting it means you're not out closing a deal or taking a meeting with a channel partner or doing some sort of revenue generating activity i think the most important thing that folks are getting from a relationship like limit is more time back to spend in whatever activity the agent feels needs to be done. I can't put a price tag on my hours. 
That it, and it seems like you guys are really good at speeding the whole process up. Hundred percent. I mean, it, it's it's like what Shay alluded to earlier, right? Like, you know, the the agent, you know, really wants to spend their time on relationship building and you know forging strong partnerships with their biggest accounts, right? And you know, when you compare that to spending, you know, three hours on a small cyber policy or like a you know one mil limit mosquito policy. I think, you know, from ultimately from like a economics on your hours perspective, uh, it's a no brainer to just outsource that to another party. And we try to be the best possible partner for that. Have you gotten data on the number or the percentage, not number, just percentage of submissions that end up getting automated approval without even having to go to a human? Yeah, I mean... Of course, on a carrier by carrier basis, it varies. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, when somebody puts a small vanilla risk into our platform, we're able to put that. We're able to offer at least one instantaneous quote north of ninety percent of the time. Nice, okay. love that. I've never been there because all of my stuff is big and complex and difficult. Like <laughs> my first submission to you guys was a a hotel acquisition in Tucson, Arizona that's being converted into a transitional housing for people coming out of drug rehab. And it, it was a, it was a DNO ENO submission for <laughs> what I just described. It was like, Hey Mary, I know I'm new here. I know this is my first submission. I'm going to give you a doozy. Yeah. And you know, two days later we had an indication with some follow-up questions. And I'm like, this is, a week and a half, two weeks, three back and forths with an underwriter under normal circumstances. Normally starting with the underwriter saying, okay, I'm sorry, you want to do what? What's the risk? Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't any big deal. It was like, oh, okay. Well, here, here's a supplemental. I have some questions. Fill this out. And then, you know, I think it was two days later, I had an indication on something that I had spent before I talked to Abe Gibson. Shout out to you, Abe. Thanks for the connection here. Yes, Abe. Love, Abe. I was sitting there going, what in the heck am I going to do with this? Because the DNO was the linchpin for the rest of the account. It had been with uh, Gallagher, a broker out of California, and they weren't able to deliver a solution. And their traditional, you know, typical national broker, typical Gallagher stuff, they weren't able to get it done. And uh, I'm sure somebody Gallagher could have, but that individual broker Gallagher uh, wasn't able to deliver a solution, which is why the insured came to us in the first place. And the entire deal hinges on the DNO. So the fact that you guys were able to go to market and find a complex solution means that we get to win an account that we would not have won otherwise. Exactly. And into our earlier theme, right, this is, again, one of the respects in which you got to combine technology and that human expertise, right? I mean, a, a deal like that is not going to quote instantaneously anywhere. No. Um, but if you build a, you know, kind of first class specialty, you know, wholesale brokerage team, then you can really make quick work of those. And that synergy between those two fronts is really enabling our success. Now, I, I love everything I'm hearing here. You know, I don't mean to beleaguer the point. Uh, definitely think people get the idea at this point. If you don't already have a relationship that you love, uh, then by all means, you need to reach out to Limit uh, and get started with them, just like I did. Full disclosure, I don't get anything from Limit. There's no kickbacks here. They don't have me on anything. I'm happy to do that if you guys want. Just uh, let me know mm-hmm. offline later. Uh, but at this point, I'm just 
pleasantly surprised and impressed with a new slick platform that I, I came across uh, through mutual friend Abe. And, uh, and that's really the whole reason I reached out to you guys was like, hey, you want to come on the show? Uh, because unlike uh, other folks out there that might have a scarcity mindset, when I come across something that's really cool, my first thought is, I got to tell people about this. Um, so that's, uh, that's why we're here. Have we missed anything that you wanted to talk about? It, you, you guys have an open platform. My audience is wow. at your disposal. What do you want to get across? James, one thing I want to talk about as well that I think is really important, we built into the system a lot of analysis around pricing. We come from a former MGA, right? I was at AIG originally out of school. The carriers are partners to us as well. So agents are our first and foremost, our most important customer. Our second most important customer is our carrier partners. Absolutely. And, yeah. And with John and Alex, who both are mathematic geniuses from the University of Chicago, um, they're very good with data. And so we have built also a really nice, and it's coming along here as we grow because you need a lot of data to be good, to have good data, right? Um, we're building a really good ability to analyze pricing and trends in the marketplace by product, by size of company, by industry, by amount of limit being purchased. Mm. And we show that and we're going to start servicing that to both the retailer community, one through the price index, which is on our website and on our platform for every user. And it gives you kind of a, a rough pricing estimate based on all of those things. But we also show it to our carriers. So imagine a world where, James, the the carriers are only getting the deals they want to look at. They're able to price those deals and underwrite those deals based on real claims data and trend data, right? And they don't get bombarded and carpet bombed by every single submission in the world. So they're much better at pricing. They're much faster at responding. They're much better with claims because now they're getting the right price for the product. Mm -hmm. Imagine that world. That's a good world. You know, when I, when I think, when I put my imagination hat on first off, and I, I have a conversation like this with you guys. I go back to blockchain and I think about what this kind of ecosystem that you guys are working with, how much impact blockchain will have on this kind of conversation where you have, I mean, obviously it makes certain assumptions like people can agree on a, a single blockchain for aggregated you know, loss data across all participating carriers where you know a whole bunch of data is independently verified on the chain, but how much faster all of that stuff happens for you guys, for the carriers, for the insured, for the agent, when the whole concept of you know sending out a manual loss run request and waiting for someone to go to a database and populate a PDF and send it back to an agent who sends it back to another agent who sends it to the insured and sends it to the underwriter. My, I'm just exhausted now thinking about how the yes. loss run thing yes. happens right now. Yeah. Once the blockchain goes live, wow, you guys are able to just instantaneously do a whole bunch of stuff. When lost data is aggregated at the blockchain, when when you know different data as far as you know reported revenue and all of the other stuff that can be independently reported or even anonymized and have some sort of like ID on the blockchain that is only able to be accessed with some sort of key or authorization from the insured. Holy cow. Like that's where this kind of conversation is where I think the blockchain talking to a, a wholesale brokerage like this, where you guys are accessing a wide swath of the market. 
think it's the most exciting application I can think of for blockchain technology in the next five or 10 years. That's very interesting. I mean, it's true, right? One of, one of the special things about getting to work on a kind of technical product is that it always underscores everywhere that these are just like the early days, right? These are the you know early days of faster, better, cheaper insurance transactions. These are you know the early days of you know differentiated, rapidly repriced, underwritten insurance products. These are the early days of yes. data sharing. I mean, early days of insurance. Yeah, certainly, right? Like, yeah. but but these are also the early days of data sharing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know right now you know the, the client has some view of the data on their own company. They transmit that view to the retail agent. The retail agent transmits that view to the wholesaler. The wholesaler transmits it, you know, to the carrier. And, you know, oftentimes for better or for worse, it's over a document, right? And, you know, any any kind of shared database, or like a blockchain here is a great example, would smoothen out that entire kind of data share problem. And, you know, when you when you think about all of the implications of that slowness of data sharing, right? Take somebody a couple of days to find the data and they have to send it over. Somebody else has to read it and like reformat it and then enter it somewhere, et cetera. If all of that could be instantaneous, right? And, you know, some kind of secure distributed ledger, for example. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that that kind of thing would add a couple percentage points to GDP, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it enable faster interactions on, you know, virtually any corporate matter. Well, and these carriers historically have been the stumbling block because they all have their little fiefdoms, their their little, you know, tribal warfare thing where nobody wants to let anybody else get the slightest bit of advantage. God forbid we think about what's best for the client, for the insured. I mean, I know we're all on the same page there, but I love what I'm seeing in the marketplace. It's what you just described, this concept of openly sharing certain data that enables all of the players in the game, the carriers, the wholesalers, the retailers, everybody in that value chain gets to do what they're trying to do for the insured faster, more effectively, which means, guess what? We all make more top-line revenue, and we all get to enjoy greater profit at the end. And most importantly, and I see you both shaking your heads, so out there in podcast land, just take my word for it, we're all in agreement here, the client has a better experience, which means higher NPS scores, which means more referrals, which means everybody wins. You know who doesn't win? The mediocre subpar players who dig in their heels and refuse to play ball. And I think we can all agree. I'm okay with those folks losing because they don't even listen to this podcast. Yes. No, they don't. They don't. Yeah. If you think about this product, right? This is a, right, a cell phone and iPhone. Yep. Steve Jobs was obsessed with that how his product was received. He would study the consumer and how they looked at it and how they turned on the buttons and everybody, they were, he was obsessed. Why does Apple make such great products? Because he knows, they know what the consumers do with their products. Mm-hmm. Our industry, 400 years old, $5 trillion. The manufacturers, the carriers are blind to what the consumer, the businesses of America, of the world, do yep. with their product. Think about that for a second. I'm going to ask one last question, then I'll let you fine gentlemen get back to your afternoon. I love asking this question as often as possible because I'm just borderline obsessed with it. What do you guys think about the opportunity that embedded distribution, 
uh, provides the marketplace and what is Limit going to do to help deliver embedded solutions to retailers like my office that want to look for faster, more efficient ways to deliver solutions to our clients? That's a great question. And as a funny thing on timing, I'm actually halfway through a personal blog post on exactly this topic. My view here is that there is a ton of promise in embedded insurance for personal lines, right? And, and there's great precedent, right? Like you buy home insurance, title insurance when you buy a home. Uh, you know, you can buy your car insurance at the car dealership when you're buying an airline ticket. You know, you get flight insurance right there and then, right? Like there's, yep. there's great precedent for all of those personal embedded products. But I'm, I'm more skeptical on the commercial side where... You know, I've over the last couple of years, I've, I've heard a, a number of pitches and seen a number of propositions of, you know, hey, if somebody's buying HR software, why don't they just get EPLI, you know, in that transaction as well, or kind of analogous circumstances. But I think that, you know, in in practice, that, that hasn't really planned out. Of, uh, it hasn't really come out that way, at least to date, and so far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. I think there have been some niches in which embedded insurance has been quite successful, right? Like we get workers comp from our um, PO provider, for example, or, you know, there are certain, you know, cloud, uh, like, you know, cloud environments that bundle some, you know, proprietary cyber insurance with that. And there are a number of those kind of like niches where, you know, I've seen a embedded product work well with some primary service, but, and I've seen a, a number of, Kind of referral schemes that work well, right? Like when a business gets incorporated and you know they register like a business bank account, the bank will refer them to an insurance broker, <laughs> right? All all of that kind of stuff works works pretty well. But the the kind of thesis that that I'm sure we've both heard around, you know, hey, you're buying HR software, get EPLI with that, etc. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know that that's really played out very much to date, and you know, with, without without kind of going into like. You know, excessive amount of detail. I'm skeptical that it will. That yep. being said, all of Limit's products are available by API. So <laughs> you know, anybody who wants to embed our yeah. our offerings via our API into their platform can do that really easily. We have a number of partners that that integrate our API. But you know, I, I remain a little skeptical on direct consumer embedded commercial line sales. You what know, you I I hate to sound like a coat rider, but I couldn't have said it better myself. And I find it interesting that you pick out the only three lines of business that I identified as good targets for embedded, which is work comp, of course, cyber, mm -hmm. and EPLI. Because the distribution of you know parallel products, as in you know, the PEO or QuickBooks, a payroll provider, mm -hmm. um, you know, or a cybersecurity company packaging embedded cyber insurance with their, you know suite of antivirus or active threat detection or whatever they're doing, those are pretty obvious distribution opportunities for an embedded product. Sure. I think we can all see the marketplace currently uh, with the cycle that we're in almost across the entire country with property and realize there ain't no way in hell they're ever going to have a property embedded uh, you know, insurance product. The, the reinsurance world goes, <laughs> that's cute. Shut up. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, not in yes. this lifetime. Mm -hmm. No, certainly not in this lifetime. Now, maybe 50 years from now, somebody will figure out a way to get, you know, a commercial property uh, product to be embedded in distribution. But until that point, 
man, ain't going to happen. So anything we've missed, this has been a really fun conversation. I appreciate you guys setting aside, you know, almost an hour of your valuable time as we land the plane. Any, any last words you want to share with us? Really, the only thing that comes to mind is that, you know, we are very appreciative of, of your time here and, you know, of, of introducing us to your audience. And, you know, we are real easy to find at limit.com. Shame if I miss anything. That's it. Looking forward to hearing from anyone and everyone on how to make this industry better and smarter and faster. There you go, man. You know, I wish I had some sort of gimmick or marketing thing to give you, but I'm just going to ask, uh, ask these guys, uh, where you out there in listener land, uh, my little freedom jumper army can, and visit limit and get some limit in your life. Where do you want them to go? What's the website? Limit.com. Wow. Okay. No dot IO or dot AI or anything fancy and techie, huh? You got the dot com. No, sir. We are cool. big, big believers in the dot com as you know, the thing that people just go to by default, right? Love it. I don't know who stroked the check for a big five letter dot com domain, but well played, you guys. That's money well spent. Thank you. So limit.com and I'm guessing they book a demo with one of your BD people or what's the best way to get started? Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. So reach out to us. We've got appointment uh, capabilities. You can you can reach out to us through the couple different options on the website. You'll see them. Join and get appointed to the buttons you're looking for, and yep. you're off to the races. And we'll or if you guys care. have a submission, you can do what I do and skip the demo and go straight to an appointment and put your submission in literally right then and there. Yes. I know that's probably what you would prefer people do because it's it's uh, it saves on your internal resources. We don't have to go through any sort of demo and just skip right to the good stuff. This has been a great conversation. John and Shay, please say hi to your co-founders for us. Definitely appreciate uh, getting to be the first stop on what I'm sure will be lots of uh, guest appearances on podcasts across uh, the insurance industry. But uh, they are Limit. Check them out at Limit.com. I know I will continue to visit that website for basically all the things we've talked about in this episode. And that's it, boys and girls. Make it a great day. This has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Go.